When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, Weekend Editions here at Tail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark this morning. Mark Cranach on assignment. He is firing up some volleyball with uh, his little gal this morning. And uh, Elijah Herbal was in Omaha for a show last night, a comedy event. So I would put money down. He, I don't want to say he's sleeping one off, but he may be a little tired. This morning, uh, it was permission was granted to miss, and it's all good to see uh, Connor Clark. Did you just stay here last night, or did you uh, did you get in this morning? I should have stayed here last night. That would have been the most efficient option, I guess. <laughs> but no, I did leave, so slept in my own bed. Okay, and and we're you, here again. Were you uh, carousing O Street, or were you just uh, all right? I got I got work in the morning, so. Well, I was watching my Bulls lose by 30, and then I watched the Cubs lose, and then, you know, that was... So your mood's just stellar this morning. Oh, I'm a ray of sunshine, if you will. Well, and you're wearing your Bears gear, and, you know, that's always... uh, (laughs) This time of year, when you wear your Chicago stuff, you're always... You know, cautiously optimistic is the term with the the NFL draft uh, a weekend away. Yeah. How are your Bears going to do? I, I don't know. We don't have a first-round pick, so, I <laughs> so, mean. So you're not going to screw that up? No. Although Fields is nice. Well, yeah, I, that's the price we pay, I guess, for, mm-hmm. for drafting him last year, which I still think was worth it, so I'm not too concerned about that. Numbers to uh, dial us up this morning, 466 uh, can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me. Can also uh, check in and tweet at Connor Clark. Give him a follow at C underscore Clark underscore 27. And yes, that is it for the uh, the underscores. Uh, email Chris at alevarsity.com. Stream us. Uh, that's uh, an effective way. Uh, ESPNLincoln.com. On the program this morning, we will rewind, as we always do in the 7 a.m. hour, with uh, a special guest from the week, uh, week the week-long editions of Hale Varsity Radio. And uh, that's Monday through Friday, 4 to 6. Tom Osborne spent some time with us. We talked NIL. We talked Transfer Portal. talked to teammates. And, uh, of course, uh, daybydaymovie.com is... Uh, where you can go online to to check out not only uh, the footage and uh, some of the trailers for the day-by-day movie that will be released the 13th of May, 
at the Rococo, but just get your uh, get your tickets and uh, get locked into that two-part documentary about an incredible era that many of us long for that grew up with it. Uh, going 60-3 and three is a monster ask. Just ask Nick Saban. He's not even been able to do it. But it, it is the uh, t- life and times of an incredible collection of guys who flipped the program from really good. And uh, I love what's on Twitter each week this time of year. And you have lists compiled. And there's a, a Twitter handle, Big Game Boomer or something like that, Boomer something or other. So forgive me for the lack of accuracy this morning, but there's always lists out there. And it's top coaches, top position groups, who's the number one player, yada, yada, yada. And it's wonderful sports fodder. And and, and Tio comes in number two behind Saban on his list of greatest coaches all time. I think Devaney being ranked 38th is, is a shade low, uh, j- just, just a touch. Uh, because of what uh, the old Bob father built. But, no, Coach Osborne, incredible, and very blessed to have him give us a few minutes. So that's about 15 to 20 minutes away. Check that out. And then in hour two, Brandon Vogel will dive in with us. Uh, some more Nebraska football thoughts, get his take on what Nebraska basketball's doing. And uh, Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse. Sharpie, uh, dear friend and mentor and spectacular talent. Sharpie will be with us around uh, 8.30. Have your numbers to get in. What's dominated this week, uh, it shifted from, you know, post-spring reaction slash thought, you know, you're, you're removed from the spring game. What's Nebraska going to do? And, and how are things going to shape up and size up as you look towards the opener against Northwestern to uh, Nebraska got bit by the portal. Casey Rogers. Uh, declaring, thank you, Lincoln, for my time. Uh, I am off. And uh, that really rattled the cage of a lot of Nebraska fans. And not necessarily from this guy is the next Sue standpoint. And listen, this isn't to, to badmouth Casey Rogers, not at all. I think he was a really talented guy who battled injuries. But more so the, the reality of where Nebraska is at, Connor, depth-wise on the defensive line from an experience standpoint. They have bodies. They have much fewer options that are on scholarship that have played meaningful snaps than they did a year ago. And you're always, you know, we're all wondering, you know, where's the defense going to be and how does that relate to complementary football? And, you know, you you, you fast-track it to, to 2022 and what what is this football team going to be like? Uh, the schedule's Never easy, never easy to take for granted uh, just how Nebraska's performed the last few years. But it looks a little bit more, dare I say, doable. And that's always a risk coming off a three and nine year with a new quarterback and a new coordinator and a new O-line coach and a new running backs coach and a new wide receivers coach and a new special teams coach. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and then, you you know, what, what, what are your certainties? What do you feel good about, right? You felt good about... Uh, a guy like Casey Rogers lining up next to Ty Robinson. And you couldn't predict if, if that was going to be to start the season, to give you big-time snaps. You just don't know with Rogers and his injury history, but now he is gone. And, and I mean, the, the market is 
very, very thin for experienced defensive linemen with this era of free agency in the portal. A guy who started one game and performed in 19 in Rodgers with minimal numbers, he has made plays when he's been asked to. So I'm going to say that. But you got USC making a phone call. You've got Arkansas. You have Auburn. You have Washington. I mean, you've got a ton of schools that, oh, damn, Auburn, SEC defensive lineman. Wow. USC, the name alone, says, huh, okay, uh, Lincoln Riley think there's something out there. And that's what hurts the most if, if you're Nebraska, you're losing a known quantity. So your job is to go get a couple of dudes, maybe three now, in the portal. And uh, one of those names uh, that has emerged, Devin Drew, uh, visiting this weekend, an official visit. Now, Drew's backstory, 6'2", 280, and uh, he is uh, could be a really good one-for-one addition. You lose a guy like Rodgers, you do get a guy like Drew, who has a couple of years under his hat from Texas Tech. He's a regional guy, Kansas City native, and uh, also at Iowa Western. And uh, he never really got an offer from Nebraska when he was at Iowa Western, but he was a little bit familiar with Nebraska, at least, when he took a peek at the Big Red in 2019 in November. So that's good. Uh, and and a little bit of a backstory on Drew. Stop me if you've heard this before when it comes to position changes. Well, he was a, a linebacker that they kind of morphed into a, a defensive lineman, and he has seen quite a number of snaps in uh, in Big 12 play. So uh, you look at his production, he's a guy that has logged quality snaps. How does the transition happen from Big 12-type defensive lineman and offensive lineman to, to the Big 10, where it is meat, potatoes, and it is not for the weary in the trenches on the interior in November. So good luck to Nebraska as they pursue Devin Drew. And uh, that's that's one name that to, to keep an eye on for Nebraska. Of course, it is a two-team race for O'Shawn Mathis, Texas, and Nebraska. Nebraska got the first visit, got the red carpet rolled out. And now you had Texas uh, say, hey, you're an Austin kid. Come on down. Let's have Easter together. So where is where is Nebraska's pull with their... TCU connections and Applewhite and, of course, Omar Manning versus the former headman Gary Patterson that's on staff for Sark at Texas. But if Nebraska could land uh, a defensive lineman that has seen good snaps in Drew, make it happen, lock it in, uh, make your replacement happen. My, my take is this, Connor, where you have your exit meetings – you have a chance to assess and say, here's where we're at. We all know the youth behind uh, guys like Ty Robinson. And it's just really tough to fast track and ask guys to go be good early and often uh, because it just takes some getting used to, right? You may be big and strong, but do you know what you're doing? And do you know what you're doing in reference to your assignment and the rest of the defense? So that's what hurts uh, mightily here for Nebraska and the perception part of this, right? Uh, you're losing a starter. You're losing a guy that's put a lot of time in. 
And if you're Casey Rogers, and we've just kind of highlighted what the market can yield right now in today's era as, you know, a fifth-year defensive lineman going into your fifth year, uh, wow, there's not many of you. You're a bit of a unicorn because you have years of experience. So, uh, you know, Rogers' career numbers are one-and-a-half career sacks, six tackles for loss, and uh, that is, hey, it's nothing I've ever done. <laughs> it's nothing you've ever done, so I'm not sneezing at it. But can you get comparable numbers out there, even from a younger guy? Uh, I know there's the, the Alabama kid's name out there as well uh, that, that Nebraska fans are, are clamoring for. You have Tate Wildeman also uh, is uh, not – uh, part of Nebraska football anymore, but you know the the why part is is interesting, and and here's what I do think about Casey Rogers, you know the what happened aspect of this. So you had two injuries that that Rogers has dealt with, and he missed five games in in 2021. When we talked to him, oh, before the season started off. His leg and his knee, they weren't great. And I don't know if that was a tweak. I don't know if it, if it was as bad as a dislocated kneecap. I had heard that. And then, you know, you, you look at the end of the Iowa game is when he really jacked his, his knee, ACL, last play of the Iowa game. So think about those two setbacks, those two injuries in 2021 and then how promising 2020 was for him, right? How he kind of burst on the scene. And one thing we didn't see with with Rodgers, we didn't see him with a black shirt post-injury because he wasn't a starter. And uh, when it comes to his voice, he's a guy that was pretty vocal, but he wasn't, to my knowledge, part of the leadership council. So no black shirt, still not on leadership, you're battling back. You're busting your butt for in, you know, return from injury, ACL, kneecap issue, and and you know where is your standing with the team? Meanwhile, it's hot pursuit to go get two to three more defensive linemen or an edge guy, and uh, maybe it was just time to move on. That's kind of my uh, my summation of of the why here with the Casey Rogers. Yeah, that makes sense too, especially if a, a guy with that amount of experience is, is being that vocal and you mentioned it he did come on in, in 2021 and really give this team a boost defensively and it's a shame that he had to go through those injuries and obviously that's a tough thing to battle back for for anybody but to, to try and do it twice as well I mean that's uh, impressive in its own but I mean good for him for getting these big name offers you mentioned USC he's got Auburn he's got all these schools TCU's in there he's, they're all chirping at him hey Come over here. So I, it makes sense as to why he wanted to leave if that is the why. Um, and that's just kind of how it how it crumbles sometimes because I, we talked about it all offseason. The transfer portal is just a, a wild place. Good, bad, and ugly is what it is. Uh, you, if, if Nebraska can have NIL poll and bring some endorsements to the table and, and most importantly can be a fit for some kids. But can you uh, – <laughs> Can you outbid the competition? Another name to look at this week is Eric Gentry, Arizona State linebacker. He has entered the portal 
45 tackles. That's a really good number as a freshman. Uh, former teammate of Tommy Hill, uh, 6'6", 200-pounder. He's out of Philly. No scholarship offer for from Nebraska out of high school. But we're talking guys in the front seven that can make plays. Uh, and you need all the depth and talent to uh, pool together at D-line and linebacker. Uh, he had a number of banged up guys. I look at two guys that, that Nebraska had play at just a flat-out exceptional level last year. And you look at Reimers, and you look at Henrich, and you look at their combined numbers, and you look at how well they performed, and they played hurt. <laughs> oh, man, did they play banged up, beyond bumps and bruises. We're talking some probably some shoulder stuff, and both guys didn't perform in the spring, really, uh, because they were they were on the mend. And that's frustrating. You talk to some guys that, that get to go play pro ball, and you look at some of their careers, and you're like, okay, you're, you're on, a, a, on a second or a third team now, and maybe you've been in the league four or five years. Obviously, one reason you leave a team at the next levels for, for a better contract situation how much time do guys have to to kind of barter when it goes from working on getting better to just rehabbing because of injury? And Nebraska needs some help at linebacker. You've got some younger pups. Not Snodgrass, I think, could be really good as well. But, you know, he's also on the men. So uh, you've got younger guys behind uh, the, the guys like Reimer, Reimers and – in Henrich, and we, they're also an unknown. Can they come in and step up and be ready in some limited action? And uh, how much mileage are you going to ask to put on, uh, Connor, that, that linebacking core a second season in a row? Because Nebraska's front seven, as gallant as they performed all year, uh, they were they were very different I'd even say after the Michigan State game, I think they emptied the tank, and they were. I mean that that Michigan State game performance, specifically the second half, goes up there with Nebraska defensive performances. Uh, the you know some of the top defensive performances in my lifetime. I think of the '96 Colorado game where it's black ice raining down, Peter and Wistrom. And that black shirt D for Coach McBride will a win in a sloppy, messy, horrific game against a really good Colorado team. Uh, <laughs> that's that's one of them where the defense willed uh, a, a, an opportunity to, to go play for the Big 12 championship. I uh, look at the A&M game, the infamous uh, cameraman assault game, alleged, uh, where Nebraska's defense does everything in their power except also play the referee part where it was a really tough outcome for Nebraska because of some some interesting calls. Uh, if you remember the movie Remember the Titans, it felt a little bit like that where flags kept flying. Uh, that was an insanely high-level defensive performance. And then, of course, the Nebraska defensive performance uh, against Texas uh, with Sue. I mean, those are your those are your wild defensive performances, and I'm going to throw in the 94 Kansas State game where the Terminator's starting at quarterback, and the Nebraska defense holds a really good K-State team to a whopping six points. Uh, maybe it's a little dramatic for you at 725 in the morning, 
But the the second half of the Michigan State game, as well as they played, that's up there, and it's something you hadn't seen for a while. Uh, the linebackers spearheaded that weekend uh, for Nebraska. Can they get some help? Can Nebraska get some help on the interior? That's kind of the theme uh, for the Big Red. So we'll uh, check out and uh, look at some more thoughts on where Nebraska goes. Hey, Nebraska basketball, what's your take here, Connor, on the new kid out of Alabama? I think it's a good get. I think it uh, definitely enhances your defensive presence, and that's something that – Rebounding. Yeah, <laughs> and we've talked about that. That was a huge lacking point of this Nebraska basketball team last season. You know it's a problem when your defense is – and this is no disrespect to Boo Booey of Northwestern, but you know it's a problem – when you make him look like a I lottery love that. guy. Well, you know, no disrespect, but. But. <laughs> pulling a, a, a page out of Stephen A. Smith's book there. N- Northwestern and lottery pick. That has been uttered this morning. It, it sure looked you like it. You went off. It, it sure it? looked like it, especially in person. It still bothers you, doesn't it? Yes. You're it, sitting there with your popcorn. You're in I'm the still student thinking section, about it, all right? <laughs> and you're just like pissed. But Jawan Gary will bring a mentality yes. and a physicality. And that's exactly what this team needs. And if they can uh, really develop that defensive side of the ball and, and new hires on the coaching staff as well, still have a little bit more time, too, if they want to go out and uh, fill that last scholarship, say, if if a couple of guys don't come back. That's also on the table. I mean, we know Trey McGowan's is a elite defender as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, super athletic. That guy's one of the most you athletic reel him people. back in. Yeah, so – the the team is is moving. I think I think they have a, a good vision of what they want. It's just a matter of going out executing that, as we saw last season. I, it was kind of the same deal. All right, Fred has his group, the one that he wants, and really the one that the fans want too, and just didn't end up working out. So maybe they'll flip the script this time. We'll uh, step away and uh, get ready for the rewind. Our conversation, our sit down with uh, the best. To do it. Tom Osborne uh, checks in on day by day and the state of college football. It's Hale Varsity Weekend. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Now it's time to get back to the Hale Varsity radio show with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. All right, that's it! You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What? Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We welcome in legendary Hall of Fame coach Tom Osborne with us, of course, teammates mentoring coach. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into day by, day by day in just a moment. The wind has died down a little bit. I want to know if you're catching any fish. Well, I've been out a little bit, uh, nothing exotic, uh, but a few ponds uh, locally, and crappies are biting, bass pretty slow yet, the water's still cold. 
So, yeah, I've been out a little bit. Crappie season. That that makes me think of going crappie fishing with my grandfather. And he was out in, uh, in by McCook, and, and he caught a lot of fish uh, in his time. Any special way you prepare crappie? No, I just fillet them and uh, usually... Uh and fry them or bake them, either way. But they are good. Crappies are one of the better fish to eat, along with walleyes. And, and but I always like trout, salmon too. So hmm. I guess I kind of a fish eating fan. So Tom Osborne's with us. Well, how do you feel as May approaches with day by day the two part documentary on Nebraska football? You've been a been a part of it. A number of your your players have been a part of it. Do you feel excited? What's your emotion as this thing uh, is near airing? Well, uh, you know, I've I've done some interviews for uh, uh, Josh Davis and the folks that have put it together. I know a lot of players have have done many many interviews. I think they've got a good product. I can't say that I've seen every bit of it. But the main thing that I think comes across is that uh, during the era of the 90s, those players uh, have, have had thoughts and they went through experiences, many of many of which uh, I was not privy to. And so it's been kind of interesting to get their take on things and, and, uh, and also maybe to see a little bit more of what their life has been like since, what they've become. So it's been interesting to me uh, to participate in the process. And I think that uh, it probably gives fans a pretty good flavor of, uh, of a lot of things that went on behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of people, and, and of course, it's been long enough now that maybe there's a lot of people in Nebraska that aren't really aware of that area of the 90s, era of the 90s, even those who did live through it, I think would get a lot of insight into uh, the lives of some of the players, what they went through, and, and what their experiences were like. Tom Osborne's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Day by day, the documentary, uh, two-part documentary uh, airs. That'll air Friday the 13th of May uh, down at the Rococo Theater, uh, daybydaymovie.com, where you can log on, purchase tickets to, to see. And uh, I remember seeing the... Uh, the trailer of it at halftime of this year's spring game and it garnered lots of oohs and ahs from the the 50,000 plus uh, on site to watch uh, Nebraska's spring game just a couple weekends ago the the first half coach Osborne is titled the rise the build-up to to what became the best run in college football history 60 and 3 from a recruiting and a development standpoint coach did you think you were were poised to, to put a pretty good run together well, I think a, a lot of things came together. It was uh, sort of the, the perfect storm uh, in terms of a good coaching staff that had been together a long time. And then uh, a little bit of fortuitous uh, recruiting. You had uh, Tommy Frazier being a part of that. A lot of a lot of really great players, offensive linemen like Zach Wiegert and Aaron Taylor and, and on and on. And uh, and then some, some excellent uh, running back. We had talent. And then the thing that I think may be of interest to people was that uh, the, the team chemistry uh, seemed to be extraordinary. They're, the uh, players were willing to make great sacrifice and uh, and to not be egocentric. And uh, so uh, it was probably the most unified team teams that, that I ever had anything to do with. And, uh, and I'd have to say that Jack Stark are... Uh, 
team sports psychologists as part of that. They created a unity council, which was helpful. We, we developed great leadership from within the team. And as a result, my, my job as a coach in some ways was easier than it ever had been uh, simply because the players really uh, took responsibility and, and accountability and kept everything going in the right direction. So they, they knew what they were about. They knew what they wanted to do. And they were willing to lay it on the line every day. And uh, so it was uh, it was a unique time and a unique period. And I think that uh, it will be of interest to a lot of fans to, to kind of get a, more of a behind-the-scenes look at what, what went on during that period of time. A few minutes here, Tom Osborne with us, Hale Varsity Radio Hall of Fame coach. Day by day, the movie on uh, Nebraska and the championship run coming out in May. Daybyday.com is where you can log on and, and get your movie tickets. And, of course, teammates uh, mentoring. Uh, we'll get uh, there in a moment, Coach, just with all the positive impact you've had on so many kids in, uh, well, around the country, quite honestly. You mentioned selflessness and kind of that attitude. Is that, a, is that a personality trait you looked at in recruiting, or was it part of that chemistry once players got to Lincoln that, okay, this was – this was our locker room climate they bought in. Well, naturally, you, you try to, uh, in recruiting, make sure that you're not going to be recruiting uh, people that are going to be divisive. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of hard to determine. Uh, you know, you, you're not recruits individually, and, of course, they're not usually going to show all, all aspects of their personality. You, you tend to get a feel from talking to their high school coaches and and maybe interacting with them a little bit in the presence of their, their family. And if there would be a red flag that would uh, come up, then sometimes we would back off. But that that selection process is is really imperfect. And, and so recruiting is a little bit like throwing darts. <laughs> and um, I think that the main thing that had to do with team chemistry was – something that developed during that period of time within the team and, and team leadership. And uh, we, uh, we had some, uh, some guys that uh, weren't going weren't gonna to let things slip. And probably a pretty good example of that was uh, I remember in 1996, we had what was a bad, <laughs> it wasn't a bad year. We were 11 and two and we won the Orange Bowl. But uh, Grant Wistrom and Jason Peter both appeared to be first-round picks in the NFL. And they came in to, to see me at the end of that season. And uh, he said, uh, and, I, and I thought they were going to tell me they were going to declare for the draft. And uh, they said, well, you know, Coach, we lost two games this year. And I said, yeah, I, I remember that. And, uh, they said, well, uh, we didn't think that was very good. And I said, well, I, I agree. And they said, we're going we're gonna to come back and uh, we're going to win them all. And, uh, and so it was uh, that kind of attitude that uh, those guys uh, could have been hurt as seniors and never played again. And, uh, but uh, as it was, uh, they, they came back and they – were really instrumental in providing leadership uh, for that team. In 1997, we did go undefeated, and we did end up tying for the national championship. But without those two guys and without the attitude that they displayed, 
probably uh, would would not have been the same team, and uh, and so it wasn't just uh, Jason and Grant; it was a lot of other players that really had a similar attitude, and uh, and that's kind of rare. And today, uh, in today's game of football uh, or basketball or whatever, uh, I don't think you'd see that. And uh, so anyway, it was uh, it was a special time and a unique group of players. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Tom Osborne's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, if you were coaching today, how would you navigate, handle, deal with the portal? Well, I, I really, I don't know. Uh, the, uh, the difficult thing right now is you have unrestricted free agency in college uh, football, and uh, you don't have that in, in professional sports because there's a contract, and you can pretty well be assured that at least 90% of your team is going to be back next year. Whereas in college sports, uh, you have absolutely no guarantee that anybody will be back the next year. And uh, so it's uh, it's got to be very uncomfortable for coaches and very hard to manage. And uh, sometimes uh, people leave really late in the process, in the recruiting process at a time when you really can't, go out and, and try to fill those scholarships that are vacated at the last minute. And uh, so it's become very chaotic. And uh, and I think most people in athletics realize that, that something's going to have to change or, or else the instability will be pretty much overwhelming. <clears throat> the other thing that has happened, of course, is that in professional sports, you have a salary cap, so uh, each team is allowed to spend the same amount of money, and uh, and there is no salary cap in uh, NIL. Mm. So you're going to have some teams that will uh, have NIL money that run into the twenty thirty million range, and some that maybe are not able to raise more than a million or two million dollars, or maybe not even that. And so you're going to have a built-in disparity in, in competitive balance. And uh, so uh, I'm not, I don't know if the NCAA will survive in terms of, uh, of the way things are run right now with the Power Five conferences. And uh, so anyway, there's a lot of things in flux, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. But any, any coach today has got to be very uncomfortable with the situation. Coach, uh, I thought on Coach Frost is is he's going into year five. Uh, some changes on his offensive staff as uh, you look forward to year five for for Coach Frost and a couple of names you're familiar with that, that are additions. Uh, a Riola, uh, one that was at Wisconsin, 
Uh, of course, uh, Bill Bush back in Lincoln and, and Mickey Joseph. Uh, you know, we didn't see a lot on uh, spring football Saturday, but some changes. And it sounds like there's some uh, some uh, some confidence, some optimism here for next season. Yeah, I've, uh, I've had some conversation with Mickey uh, Joseph, and uh, Mickey seems to be doing an excellent job, both coaching and recruiting. Uh, Riola, I had not known before, but I've met with him a couple times, uh, just casual conversation. But it seems like uh, he's doing really well, and that their uh, offensive line uh, did well this year. And... Uh, and then, uh, of course, a uh, new, new offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. new running back coach. I don't know those guys as well. But uh, I think Scott is pleased with the changes that have occurred and feels somewhat energized. And so hopefully uh, hopefully it'll be a, a good year coming forward. But the one thing that does appear obvious is that the uh, schedule is not going to be quite as difficult it doesn't mean it's easy, and and you you can never take anything for granted. But last year was really brutal, and uh, and the thing that was was kind of remarkable was there there were no blowouts. Uh, uh, every game was competitive right up to the end of the fourth quarter, and uh, so that's why I thought it was really important that Scott have another year because. Uh, uh, the, the scoreboard, the final scoreboard, and the final total of wins and losses was not what anyone would would desire. The the general level of play was better than what the uh, record would indicate. Coach, uh, last thought: What's happening with you and, and teammates? And uh, you had such a positive impact for so many years with uh, with kids in in Nebraska, but also as teammates has branched out. Uh, around the country, and uh, I know it's near and dear to your heart. Well, it's uh, the last uh, couple of years have been uh, difficult to navigate because of the uh, school closures mm-hmm. where so many kids were doing remote learning and we were able to adjust and develop a, a, a portal where uh, mentoring could occur online and then it ended up being about 60% in person and about 40% over the internet. And, uh, that's never quite desirable, but we, uh, have pretty well weathered that storm, made some adjustments and we currently have, uh, right at 190, uh, school districts that we're in and five States. And of course the majority in Nebraska, about 145, uh, chapters in Nebraska, about, 25 in Iowa, about 11 or 12 in Kansas, about seven or eight in South Dakota, and four in Wyoming. So we continue to grow, and uh, things are, are going well. And uh, have a new uh, CEO, Des Moines Adams, who was a defensive uh, end for Nebraska back in the uh, in the early uh, 2000s, and he's done a great job. And so uh, we think things are on a, on a very good trajectory right now. Coach Tom Osborne with us. Coach, when you go see this movie, are you going popcorn or candy or both? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, uh, 
I'll probably just take there and uh, I'll probably learn a lot of things that I really didn't know because uh, <laughs> there will be a lot of comments come out of the players' mouths that I was not privy to. So <laughs> I'll, uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Coach, you take care. Thanks for the time today. Okay. Thanks for having me. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity dot com backslash subscribe promo code gbr now it's time to get back to the hail varsity radio show with chris schmidt and mark cranach all right that's it you two guys leave me no choice no television for a week what one final time this first hour weekend edition it's hail varsity radio presented by the nebraska lottery chris schmidt connor clark hope you're well with uh, ESPN. Lincoln, did you do this? Uh, I'm asking Connor. There's a decapitated little red here inside the studio uh, staring back at me. Were you, were you a little vicious this morning? No. Waking up too early? I, I was unaware of the fact that there was a little red in the studio. Yeah. Probably not my favorite mascot. The NCAA, let's talk about some rule changes as the college football rules panel approved some changes to targeting and faking injuries. Can I just say this, and if you want to pull out your lawn chair and make sure no one goes in your front yard like me, with me, this weekend, stay off my lawn, can we go back to a simpler era where... Blindside hits are okay, where cut blocks are the norm on the line of scrimmage and beyond. Can we can we do that? And if you uh, if you go high and it's you know uh, uh, think about the Miami game in 2015 where they had both their safeties ejected for trying to end Brandon Riley's career. Uh, those were vicious. <laughs> uh, Vicious spear shots with the helmet, using said helmet as a weapon. I'm not. I'm not for. I don't think anyone wants that. It's spinal injury waiting to happen or worse, right? But what the NCAA is doing here is targeting, faking injuries, blocking below the waist are at the center of these rule changes. Anyone ejected for targeting during the second half of a game and had to sit out the first half of next weekend's weekend's game for any game that has instant replay, conferences now will have the right to appeal the decision to the NCAA National Coordinating of Officials. So it doesn't have to go to the league office. You can go above the league office. If video suggests the player shouldn't have been removed, because of targeting, the player will be immediately eligible for the next game. And Nebraska has been plagued with this. You're asking defenders to play insanely athletic, talented, fast, shifty dudes. 
And by the way, tackle them and tackle them in space. And tackle them in space when, well, you can only have contact so many times during the week. So you're not getting better at tackling. They're not allowing you to get better at absorbing and coping with contact because of injury concern. There's got to be a better happy medium. Have a great product on the football field. Be able to play some rough and tumble defense. Smoke somebody, Mike Singletary style, coming across the middle. You know, if it's a blind, light somebody up. Let Kenny Bell's thing, you know, infamous hit against Wisconsin. That maybe have been a little excessive. But the point is, you should be able to peel back and destroy somebody. As a blocker, and if a receiver is coming across the middle, you should be able to punish them coming over the middle and forcing that incompletion without pulling up. You've been resorted now to scaring them. Scare them so they drop the football on a dig route. I'm, I'm beside myself. So at least they're going to review it. Uh, the conference or school involved with this complaint is going to be able to uh, issue discipline Uh, if the national coordinator or the official deems it necessary when it comes to uh, faking said injury, (laughs) the the injury timeout that is all of a sudden suspicious, you know, you've seen it on soccer fields everywhere, sniper moment. It's the worst thing in the game of football. Isn't it? The worst. You're lined up, you're in your three-point stance, Connor, the next thing you know, somebody got you from the roof. You I go mean, down. If a team's pushing a the pile of humanity, you, like you didn't, you didn't do all this conditioning over the summer. This is how I look at it. You didn't do all this conditioning over the summer when a team pushes the tempo on you to fake an injury. Okay, like come on. But brother, if you're three forty, <laughs> then sub out. <laughs> well, you guys, it's you still, got sixty five guys, still forty yards to the <laughs> sideline. That that's. That's murder. The, the You're already <laughs> cramping and hurting and wheezing and puking. Football. <laughs> I don't know. Cotter has zero tolerance this morning for for the uh, the folks that got a little extra spare porch on I them. Just, I don't like that at all. <laughs> Man. Well, they can decide to simplify the rule uh, when it comes to blocking below the waist. You can't cut folks anymore. Away from the line of scrimmage, you got a limited area around and i don't want people blowing knees but you should be able to block below the waist for the love of god talked to austin allen this week he got busted once or twice in his career for going too low you know when you go in motion from right to left on that kick out in the h-back position he's six nine the fact that he got below the guy's waist is incredible you always teach go low go low go low so the uh, linemen and stationary backs blocking below the waist inside the tackle box on the line of scrimmage will be permitted. Thank God. However, outside the tackle box, penalize. More things for the referees to get right. But that's why they're paid. We'll dive into uh, the transfer portal, Vogue's reaction to Casey Rogers, who Nebraska is in hot pursuit for. And we may even get Vogue's take on uh, Better Call Saul. He's a big-time uh, Better Call Saul breaking bad guy. And the first two episodes aired last Monday, and they were incredible. 
Uh, so excited there to talk with Brandon Vogel. Gary Sharp will enlighten us. The Iron Horse will dive into some portal thoughts with Nebraska football as well. Uh, maybe a Husker basketball take or two. And yes, uh, maybe some baseball. Tough one again for Nebraska last night as uh, they fell by one run to Indiana. Weekend edition continues at Tale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe. Promo code GBR. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Thanks for hanging out. Weekend edition continues. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt and Connor Clark, Mark Cranach on assignment at volleyball. Elijah Herbel is also taking a breather today. We'll spend some time here. Brandon Vogel in a moment. Gary Sharp in about 25 minutes. And plenty of news to dive into the week that's been when it comes to Nebraska Football numbers to get in four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity dot com and uh, give us a follow on Twitter at ESPN Lincoln at Hale Varsity and uh, my handle at Schmidt underscore Radio at uh, C underscore Clark underscore twenty seven uh, is uh, where you find Connor. Will you say hi to Brandon Vogel? Uh, with Hale Varsity Managing Editor Magazine and, of course, HaleVarsity.com at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter and uh, Dream Like a Champion, his book with John Cook. Vogues, what's uh, what's good, man? How's the week been? What do you know? Uh, the, week was, the week was good until I woke up this morning and realized we were out of coffee. So Saturday started about as poorly as possible, but we'll – We'll soldier on. Uh, we'll come up with a way to make something out of this weekend yet. Ooh. So do you have, a, like, a grinder in your kitchen like Lalo from uh, from Better Call Saul, you know, his his grandmother or mother? Do you have your own grinder to, to freshly grind beans? I do. We do grind coffee beans each morning. Um, so sometimes, you know, it's, it's nice, but I, I think that's part of, you know, you can you can lose sight because not only do you have to check that you have coffee, then you got to check the grinder. Be like, and that's where it all fell apart. Real didn't realize the grinder was empty. In a lot of ways, most of us need that first or third cup of coffee. Uh, it's kind of like needing a, a strong defensive line in the Big Ten. I mean, it it, it it's that first step. You got to have it. Slap you in the face and get you ready. Man, the, the Casey Rogers news. Have you don't get super worked up like Nebraska fans were like, "What the hell?" And I totally get it. And I was kind of like, "What the hell?" But um, man, 
as you as we talked Saturday, this thing happened kind of midweek. Have you softened on the loss, or is it became more intense <laughs> losing a guy like that, seeing the offers uh, coming in that are coming in for Casey Rogers? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't know that my kind of reaction to it really changed. <laughs> the longer we go in this transfer portal era, the, the more I find that this is how it goes for me. Um, is you know, almost no matter the player, my my result pretty quickly moves to like, well, that's that's Nebraska's reality now. So so what are you going to do about it? And. Um, I, I don't know if that's the right way to do it or not. It just kind of is what it is. But, you know, the, the loss of, of Casey Rogers, I think a big piece of it was the, the surprise factor. He was, I mean, he obviously wasn't able to participate in spring, um, but you, you heard good things from his coaches about what he was doing from a leadership perspective. And it, it just wasn't one of those where you, you know, we all kind of have this mental list where you're like, oh, yeah, I can see it. If, if that guy were to, to choose to leave, if they feel like they're, you know, locked off in terms of a path to playing time or if they'd just truly rather be someplace else. This wasn't one of those. And the, that it came, that it was a surprise and, and came at a position where Nebraska was already um, not that deep, I think it kind of led to the, the outpouring of, of all of the, kind of angst we've seen around that. So, you know, Nebraska, I, I mean, they, I think they have to find some additions. I think they needed to find some additions to the defensive line before this was the case. So it only takes on increased uh, urgency for them. And we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, May 1st is kind of a, a hard deadline for guys to be immediately eligible by, by NCAA rules. So we've only got about a week here to, to see some movement. Brandon Vogel is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Brandon, we talked about this yesterday on the show, too, but say, worst-case scenario, Nebraska strikes out in the portal when it comes to defensive linemen, or they don't get as many guys as they wish to. What's the protocol going forward for this coaching staff? Because, as you know, and as a lot of people in Big Ten country know, you need to have to you need those guys in the trenches to really win battles here in the Big Ten because – if you don't have an experienced or just an effective defensive or offensive line, you're going to have a really hard time winning. Yeah, especially in this league. Like, it's, it's tough to win consistently if you're not not pretty strong up front. And uh, the barrier to be to be strong in the Big Ten is, is pretty high. Um, so Nebraska's in a spot where, just with what we know now, you know, without any additions or even with them, like – you're going to be looking at some young players who who need to to be ready to go. Um, and it, when you think about kind of projecting what this means for for 2022, it makes that difficult. Like you can, you know, hope for the best case scenario with one of these guys who hasn't played a ton, but that's all it is. You're you're hoping for it, and you can get you know it becomes a position where Nebraska really can't afford many long-term injuries at, at that spot. You know, I think back to, you know, I guess here's a real world example for those old enough to remember it. I think back to that 2012 big 10 championship game against Wisconsin, where Nebraska was dinged up Cam Meredith, you know, God bless him. 
defensive end was was playing inside, and you know he wasn't the reason Nebraska lost that game the way that they did. But you could just see, you know, okay, here's a guy out of position. He's playing kind of a new spot for him, and and it looked like Nebraska was in disarray up front. So right now, with what the Huskers have, like that scenario doesn't seem that far off, even though the season itself is, is still months away. Folks, that's an incredible. That is an absolute incredible uh, example with what did Wisconsin do? Did they did they run up the middle? No, they, they went outside, but Nebraska was so worried, right, about the interior going into the Big Ten championship game that you got outflanked and the uh, the, the jet sweep is, is an evil play. Um, so th- th- there we go. Was that a Stein cooler or was that a, a Justin Jackson? Help me out, because I know – you know, yeah, I think it was Justin Jackson, wasn't it, on the interior? I, I think so. I'm having a hard time remembering now, but I mean, it was it was a it was a Nebraska kid that that really played well on the interior for Nebraska, and then he got hurt in that Iowa game, I think. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I just recall, like you know. And, and honestly, it was kind of one of the first things I thought about with this because part of me is like, okay, there's a long time, you know, till till the season starts. Like, if we get into week eight, week nine, uh, w- with Nebraska's actual football season this fall, and we're still talking about how, man, they're, they're missing Casey Rogers right now, mm-hmm. then you all know it went as as poorly as it as it could have gone for Nebraska. I I would be surprised if that were the case, mm-hmm. but. It made me think of that 2012 game because he went into that one, and I was supremely confident in, in Nebraska's chances in, in that one at the time. And boy, was I wrong! But you went in there and said, "Well, it's going to be a little bit of a um, cut and paste job on, on the D line," and and boy, did it look like it. Well, Nebraska has some body types. I think you're down to eight scholarship interior linemen, and and your experience is Ty Robinson and. There's the expectation for him to to go from contributor to to playmaker. So let's uh, let's zoom out. Is Nebraska gonna have to win <laughs> win a different way in the Big Ten? Say you're just average up front. Say you got everyone giving it hell and they're doing their best, but you're just shorthanded. Does that now flip to Nebraska's offense? being more responsible for the overall team well-being if you've got a weak link on the interior or just defensively in general is Nebraska's job now to to be able to score over 35 points and just play a little keep away uh, with the new offensive coordinator with a new offensive line coach with a new quarterback I mean, boy, would that help. And I mean, really, this is kind of, I think, what we've been waiting for for four years for <clears throat> this current Nebraska area era to, to take off. You know, they were at basically 28 points a game last year, haven't averaged 30 or more, which they, I think they averaged exactly 30 in 2018. Like, scoring 36, 37 points a game, which which would be a big jump. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, like that would be sort of outside of I think the norm for for most offenses. But that would cover up a lot of ills because if you can average that many in 
big 10, you know, playing a big 10 schedule for nine games, like you're going to be pretty good. I think last year when I looked at it, I think every team that had averaged over 33, like the worst any of them had gone was eight and four, uh, which 28 points is basically average year after year after year in college football. So it's telling you, you know, five points more than that in the Big Ten might be akin to scoring 44 points a game, you know, in the AAC or something like that. So that is probably the path of least resistance for Nebraska to sustain the the growing pains that I, I think they were going to experience to a certain degree on defense anyway. So that group gave up, I think, about 21 points a game last year. You know, if that comes up four or five points, which – it may have anyway, you got to offset that somewhere. And, you know, if you just offset it with the same gains on offense, well, you're going to be in a similar spot to where Nebraska has been for the past four seasons. So uh, getting an offense that you know could be over that 30 point mark consistently would definitely put Nebraska in a much better spot to sustain what's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. I think defensively think about the offense, and how it's been where you've you've moved the ball, you've been in field goal range, you've been in the red zone. You just haven't always turned those seven those you know, the the red zone into seven. Or you haven't converted on the field goal, right? When you've got inside the opponent's thirty five. And uh we talk about kind of upping that point total from twenty eight to, to thirty to thirty five. Also keeping the opponent down via special teams or giving up a, a big play, but mostly I think a special teams or turnovers starting off an opposing offense with a short field. I mean, there are there are some creative ways to just be better at some of the little things if you're Nebraska and you can add a touchdown or a field goal on your side of the ledger, Vogues, and maybe take away a touchdown or a field goal uh, and and get to that uh, that 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 spread, you know, where uh, they shrink by a field goal, you're up by a touchdown, and there's a little more breathing room. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, I think kind of the most impressive thing that could happen with this Nebraska offense in 2022 is if their yardage numbers stayed relatively the same, and that point total grew, because that would tell you then that. Um, you know, through Whipple and all of the new coaches and just kind of the the holdover coaches on the offensive side of the ball coming together with those guys found a way to get a little bit more efficient and a little bit cleaner um, because Nebraska has always put up yards that are, that, you know, if you just looked at that, you'd say, well, they, they should probably be scoring 34 points a game or whatever it is. If they were to get there, uh, that would be a very, very good sign in in my mind. So, I think you're you're exactly right. Whether that's in the red zone, which would be a big part of it, you know, it envelops special teams. Just being, you got to make more than half your field goal attempts. Um, like it's that's that's a lot of points left on the board when you get to the end of the year and get a few more, you know, big plays, long touchdowns. Like Nebraska didn't have a problem with big plays in the passing game, but it was totally down uh, in terms of those in the run game. So getting a little more balance there would help. And then when you flip around the defense side, you know, Nebraska was last year really, really good. Like it would give up some yards, but it was really, really good. Like top three in the nation in terms of limiting those explosive plays. 
which is really impressive because the competition to do that in the Big Ten is pretty tough. That's kind of what defines Big Ten defense in my mind. So that only happens with, you know, kind of good team defense from front to back. And with the depth Nebraska has on the defensive line, it, it has a little bit of a waterfall effect, I think. Like, are they are those new defensive linemen going to be able to keep guys off of a really good linebacking core like they did last year? Probably not as well. You've got a new secondary. Like, you're almost looking at a scenario where, man, the easiest thing for Nebraska would be if they were to really boost some takeaways, which would be great if it happens, but it's hard to plan for and just go out and do because you always want to get takeaways. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hill Varsity Radio. And, Brandon, let's take a leap into the future and putting all these things into action just for a quick second. We talked about this yesterday on the show, and you open up with Northwestern in Ireland in week zero. How important is that game in your mind? Is it a make-or-break game? If it's a game that Nebraska loses, okay, it's not the end of the world? Or is it the exact opposite of that? Say, if Nebraska loses this game to Northwestern, hold on, this is going to be a rough ride. DEFCON level what? (laughs) Essentially. (laughs) Um, I would say level two, and that's because (laughs) I, 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 I almost always try never to to get to a one so we got we got the question in the mailbag this week like you know is it does this game basically tell you how the season's gonna go and i can see that point of view i really can um i i look at it as okay say that happens they go to ireland it's you know kind of a, a classic northwestern nebraska game and not classic like the 2021 one was though that's certainly what Husker fans would hope, but you know, a tight game, you go, you, you lose to a Northwestern team that people don't think is going to be very good. I mean, pretty similar to, to Illinois last year in that, that week zero slot. And then you got to come back and like the negativity is going to be high. Um, the alarm bells are going to be ringing when you when your flight returns to Lincoln, uh, all of those things. That being the case, you know, looking at just kind of some power ratings now, Nebraska is still probably favored in like six of its next seven games because those things change very slowly. It's not like they go, they lose to Northwestern, be like, well, all of a sudden this team we thought was maybe top 40 is now 80th. Um, So you would have a chance to recover from it. The thing that gives me pause here is, you know, we saw what it was like after that Illinois game last year. And we have, it has been a consistent tossing point from these coaches that this is a program that needs to get some momentum. So from that perspective, like, I don't think you can understate the importance of this game. That said, if, if it doesn't go Nebraska's way, I'm not going to, you know, start writing the obituary for the 2022 season uh, on the way back from Dublin. Well, that's, that's measured. And thank you. (laughs) <laughs> but um, I, I know that, <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be nuts. And just you and I were both in Champaign. I think it's blurry now. Point is, is we went to Champaign for the opener, and that was just, it was just, a, it was just morbid with, with Nebraska fans that made the trip. And you go, all right, there's Bielema, and he's got a guy named Art that he doesn't want, you know, sneezing, let alone throwing a pass. <laughs> okay. And he threw, like, four passes, and all they did was go, you know, seven across the line. 
double tight, i.e., here's an extra offensive tackle, and just rammed it down. And then Nebraska was so screwy with with the the safety, right? And then, then the strip sack where you're up, you're driving, and bang, they go into to halftime with that monster injection of, of, of momentum and emotion because of the strip sack at the 50. You're, you're dry, you know, and then you have, you still, after all of that, you have a chance to drive down and win it. <laughs> and it just, and it goes south on you. And, and you're just, you're just screaming. Uh, well, I wasn't, I mean, we were there <clears throat> professionally, but just, you felt for Nebraska fans and like, Illinois fans, you're, you're sitting at the bar with watching, uh, a couple of minutes before the post game starts, like, dude, they're going to lose this. Like Illinois, is like we're going to lose this. <laughs> their, their fans are, and man, Nebraska's. Uh, you you want to talk about just tough starts, Bogues? That would be that would be remarkable to get off on the right foot. Yeah, it would, and you know, all <laughs> these things are always cumulative. So, as uh, I think the way you just described <laughs> the feeling after that Illinois game was accurate the same thing from northwestern given that it had just happened the year before and oh you've got a long plane ride home to think about it i think would be multiple times uh more difficult to to navigate and deal with so it's it's one of those where i just i look at it and for my own sanity and the sanity of everybody in nebraska i'm just like i I hope that's not something we need to worry about but um you know, Northwestern, they're, they're a team trying to bounce back. They've got a ton of question marks in my mind, but it's still Northwestern, and they find a way to to be in games, and they're really sure about what they want to do, uh, which I think is something that Nebraska, to various degrees and various spots, is still very much figuring out. They're just paid in the ass, and that's a compliment. You know, they just they just are. Vogues, what's coming up with you this weekend? Uh, where, what's what's Junior got on the agenda, and uh, what's happening with Hale Varsity? Yeah, so uh, Hale Varsity will have a, a, a team a photographer and a writer out in Grand Island for the Nebraska Volleyball Spring Match, um, so we'll have some of that. Steve Marek will be on baseball duty again. I'll be deeply embroiled in uh, – writing these yearbook previews about teams like Northwestern uh, and really every team on Nebraska's schedule. I won't get all of those done this weekend. Might get two of them, but um, so yearbook preparation is, is well underway. Junior, he's uh, no big plans. It's going to be pretty warm here. So we'll probably get outside to some degree at, at some point today, but we're, we're only one week away, officially one week today from the one year birthday party. So Ooh. Got some uh, got some prep work, I guess, to to wow. do there. Are, are you going with the? My I remember as a as a youth or youth, uh, mom would make either the Batman or Superman cake, and the the gray frosting was was incredible. And, but then I had too much. Are you guys going with uh, uh, kind of a themed cake? Is he already to the point where he wants ice cream cake? I mean, what what, what is there a pony involved? <laughs> <laughs> what's going on <laughs> no it's going to be it's going to be very low key um but uh so cake I, i'm not on cake duty no theme i think it'll be pretty uh pretty basic on that front i will be on brisket duty though mm-hmm. so uh, that, by the time we talk 
we talk this time next week, I'll probably have been up for about five or six hours uh, starting that process. So, Man, we, we we'll, may have we'll to find out if he likes barbecue. Well, we may have to streamyard uh, Vogues with the chef hat on, <laughs> get the brisket going. <laughs> well, uh, have a good weekend, bud. Uh, thanks for the time. Good to talk some ball with you. You too, guys. Thanks. There he is, Brandon Vogel. That sounds like forget that. If we, if we could, you know, rewind to our younger birthdays, think about the high chair era or the pictures you see. We all we, we thought cake and ice cream was was the best, and it is great. But Vogue's is starting the kid off right for birthday number one. We're talking five hours in brisket wise. I mean, he's already got it mapped out. The playbook is ready. We'll spend time with Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse, on the way. Weekend edition of Hale Varsity continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Now it's time to get back to the Hale Varsity Radio Show with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. All right, that's it! You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What? Thanks for spending time. Hail Varsity Radio, weekend edition, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark is uh, looking a little stormy off to the west. Uh, we will see if freshman baseball gets rocking here about 1030. Uh, Gary Sharp with us, the Iron Horse. Sharpie, what do you know? How you doing, man? Uh, good Saturday morning. I, I hope for uh, your sake and juniors that you uh, get to play on this fine Saturday morning where the temperature uh, appears to be warming up. Hopefully this is a good sign. Yeah, we uh, we got to do uh, baseball Thursday at Sherman. Uh, we took a tough L, but it was uh, it was great. And, uh, yeah, it is the season for, for baseball and warm weather. Uh, it's, it's real nice. So you know everybody. Do you got a guy that can get uh, friendlier George Strait prices for tonight or not? Can you? Do you know a guy who knows a guy, Sharpie? Or am I, am I destined to drop uh, half a G for Section 300? Well, how about this? George Strait. So, you know, he's a little bit older, and he is a goat of country music. Look at him. Still touring. You know, he's one of those artists that say, this is my retirement tour, and continues to, to tour, and he comes back to your city for a second time. But he is selling out places from Jerry's World, the Pinnacle Bank Arena. But, but here's the thing. How many people this week, Schmitty, are going to do the Daily Double? They're going to go see Snoop Dogg on Wednesday and go see George Strait tonight. Now, that is a combo. It is, man. And the the joke that was the best thing to hear, you know, Thursday morning with all the fog was, you know, the, the doors to PBA were opened and... <laughs> <laughs> post snoop show it was it was good but no that is that's a setup and i, I think i'm going over two this week unfortunately uh let's talk nebraska uh from a portal standpoint do they go over two they lost casey rogers what's your feel right now with nebraska for devin drew uh i think it's pretty good 
you know, here's the thing with when you're in the portal and whether Casey Rogers was here or not, Nebraska is going to need additions on a defensive line. Uh, I, I feel good. I mean, you never know. That's the thing. It's uh, uh, you don't know when somebody is looking to transfer. You don't know what they're in it for. Does name, image, likeness entice them? Does the prospect going to the NFL? Does a fresh start? Like I think that's one of the reasons Casey Rogers departed. You know, all of those factors. What does Nebraska have to offer? And you know, Nebraska has to offer at that position a chance to come in and play on a Big Ten defensive line and an area of need. So I like their chances there, but that is uh, an area which, you know, we wouldn't be so much up in arms with Casey Rogers transferring if the younger defensive linemen had shown development this spring. We'd be like, okay, they're coming along. We're going to be fine. But they didn't show development. So now you're like, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be a problem, especially with the division you play in when you know that Wisconsin and Iowa and Minnesota are going to line it up and just try and run it down your throat. No, and you, you mentioned the development phase. Is there any any of those young pups you feel good about, Sharpie, with Nebraska's defensive line? You got the polar bear, of course. You've got uh, Weaver. You've got uh, Roquan Buckley, uh, Tariq Black, uh, or make it Marquis, excuse me. But the point is, is on paper, Nebraska's recruited pretty well on the interior. And, and you and I both know it takes – time on the lines both lines of scrimmage to to get competent and then go from competent to contributor and then contributor to difference maker well i was intrigued you know when, when tuioti was starting to put together that defensive line room i thought size wise they were starting to look like a big 10 defensive line but this is what worried me to spring and there, there's one guy that you mentioned now Huttmacher is going to play yeah. i don't know how much he's going to play i to me, he's, he's almost too muscle-bound. Um, and is he a guy that I can see in the fall jumping in and playing 40 to 45 snaps? Right now, I can't because I don't know. Is he just going to be a stalemate guy? Is he going to be able to push the offensive line and get some penetration? Buckley, I'm very intrigued by because I think there's something there. The size, and he's also relatively young. He just turned 18. Now, Newsom, Black, Weaver, I'm concerned there. I don't see the development, and that is a scary deal. And you know what? Here's the thing about the whole portal thing and that defensive line. You know, is there another guy in that room that's going to be looking to leave? I mean, I think we have to, in the next week, keep an eye on, you know, there's still some attrition to come on Nebraska's roster. Does it come again out of the defensive line room? But I think, you know, Nebraska's in a, Nebraska's in a precarious situation right now in what they're going to do on the defensive line. But – you may see more of a 4-3 like we have seen over the last couple of years instead of a true 3-4. So Nebraska may be able to hide a couple of things, but they definitely need a couple of bodies in that room to uh, show up and be ready to go in the fall. Uh, Sharpie, uh, are there storm clouds with, uh, with, the, with, with more defensive line names? Are you, hear, are you hearing rumblings? Well, you know, I, I think you always keep an eye on. You know, the, the, the exit interviews are, are still in progress, and there's probably guys that are – you know, they might be looking for a fresh start. You know, and I know, you know the, the discussion about Casey Rogers the other day, and there's, there's probably all kinds of different things. Maybe he didn't want to play inside. He wanted to move to the outside. He maybe thought, I'm getting my degree. I want a fresh start somewhere else. I want to go somewhere where I can play in a winning program and go to a bowl game. I'm sure there's a plethora of things, but I think this is the next week around college football that things are going to get crazy because by the end of today, nearly everyone will be done with spring ball. And so the exit 
interviews are going to be going on or the interviews at the end of the season or the depth chart is going to be released internally. And so it's going to be a flurry of activity. And, you know, you can never say never about Nebraska. I mean, there's, you know, we've been wondering about guys at other positions. Well, keep an eye on the defensive line to make sure that there's not another departure. But if there was, probably wouldn't surprise me. Well, the the name I'm thinking of is is Ty Robinson, and you know he uh, he he got a lot of development, man. This because uh, he was it. <laughs> I mean, you had the young pups, and then you had the old man, right? And we'll see if if he's ready to make that step. And you pray that he's he's happy, right? Well, I, I think Ty Robinson is good. Here's mm-hmm. here's my thing with whoever is in that defensive line rotation. It took us a while to get to Damian Daniels, and I think he's a huge loss mm-hmm. coming into this year because of the way he developed and what he was able to do for you. Damian Daniels, remember at the beginning, he couldn't play a lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. Then he finally got his body right, and he was able to eat up some snaps. If you're playing a team that's going to snap the ball 60 to 65 times against you, break it down, Schmitty. you got 120 snaps. You know that Ty Robinson's going to eat some of those up. Where are the other snaps going to where you can count on a guy to be on the field for more than five to ten snaps during the course of a game? You, you don't know yet. You absolutely don't know yet. And that's that's difficult for Nebraska. Sharpie, uh, I want to talk a little in-state recruiting. A uh, couple of thoughts from you. One on the Nebraska offer to, to Benny Nagoy. We talked to Benny this week. I love watching him play ball, incredible athlete, phenomenal track guy, and then also a formal offer by Michigan to Malachi Coleman. Well, let's start with Benny. Uh, You know, he's a dynamic athlete. Uh, He's in your own backyard. I think Nebraska put a watch on him. They had discussions with him. They tried to, you know, figure out where does he fit in our program? What side of the ball does he fit in? And they challenged him. And he met those challenges and got rewarded with a scholarship. And I think that's That's some good cred for Nebraska, that they did what they said they were going to do. Now on the other side, Malachi Coleman, who I still believe Nebraska is in a great position with him, but Nebraska is going to have to recruit Malachi Coleman like they would recruit a five-star from the state of Texas. They cannot take for granted that he's just at 70th and A, and he's going to hop in his car and he's going to be playing at Nebraska with the relationships that they have. They need to continue recruiting him very, very hard because those offers are going to continue to grow. I mean, good on him for getting Oklahoma and Michigan and Oregon and Georgia. But I believe that as the summer goes on, those offers are going to increase. But with him, I also believe, and he's such a, he's such a, a well... You know, his priorities are in the summer. I think it's going to be... Recruiting. Recruiting instinct. And at the end of the day, I think that will make them better. I still like Nebraska, but they can't take anything for granted, and I know they're not. He's going to blow. Hey, I will be very curious as the summer goes on. Let's let's reconnect, Sharpie. I'm going to I'm going to interrupt you, Gary. We're we're uh, having some major phone issues with you. We're going to reconnect, redial with you. I pray that you were not struck by lightning there. So. Uh, <laughs> We're going to reconnect and, and, and follow up on the, the Malachi Coleman talking point with Gary Sharp. We always appreciate the Iron Horse for stomping by about 8.30 on Saturdays with Hale Varsity Weekend. So we'll reconnect with him and uh, get some more insight there. Uh, it is uh, that, that number is 
pretty massive with uh, 120 snaps you need on the interior per uh, per weekend. And you know Ty Robinson's going to take a ton of them. Who's that other guy to, to kind of be the um, the partner uh, in crime taking snaps? Gary Sharp back with us. Sharpie, something happened phone-wise, brother, and it went nuts. You started off by talking about you can't take Malachi for granted. We're going to pick it up there, bud. Well, I, I think Nebraska's still in a good spot with him. Uh, I think, you know, as his offers increase, uh, it's going to force Nebraska to be better at in-state recruiting, and they are better at in-state recruiting. Uh, I don't think he'll recruit or I don't think he'll commit until maybe into December, and his offers are going to increase. But I still like Nebraska's chances, and I was saying before we got cut off, I like him on the defensive side of the ball more than the offensive side of the ball. So look at, look at to see, you know, Mickey Joseph has uh, developed a relationship with him. Look to see who the next coach to come into Lincoln East and talk with him is, and that'll give you a sign of where Nebraska thinks he fits in their program. Sharpie, just up the road is a really good program in Iowa Western. I bring that up because Devin Drew was a kid who walked on as a linebacker and then got quite a few snaps at Texas Tech, and Nebraska's hosting him this weekend. I know we touched on that. But let's talk about the um, the, the talent that goes through Iowa Western and how it's kind of been void for Nebraska. Do you think that could be a, a pretty strong resource moving forward with some of the staff changes for Nebraska? Can Nebraska tap into Iowa Western? Now, you know, it always has been, and it's, it's always that question that we ask, how come a program that Tom Osborne helped develop, and Scott Strohmeyer is a fantastic coach, how come Nebraska hasn't been able to go in and get a Perrion Winfrey, who played at Iowa Western, went to Oklahoma, and he's going to be a high draft pick uh, this upcoming week. You know, I, I think Nebraska has paid attention to uh, Iowa Western. I think what you've seen, and Eric Chander has kind of taken the lead on this, he has been the main guy. So Nebraska is more visible at Iowa Western. But you got to remember, so are a lot of schools like Iowa that has plucked guys out of Iowa Western. So Scott Strohmeyer, this is the thing he does, and I love Stroh. I think he's a fantastic coach. He runs a top-notch program, one of the best in all of junior college. He does help Nebraska out. Every spring and every fall, he will tell Nebraska, and then him and Scott Frost go way back, he will say, hey, here's a list of guys that I think are Big Ten guys if you want to take a look. And, you know, then it's on Nebraska to say, all right, does this guy fit with our program? Does this guy? But this would be a nice pickup, and this would be a nice little, you know, the, the, the scholarship football player from Iowa Western has been few and far between. Remember how excited we got about a place kicker that came from Iowa Western last year? Sharpie, let's go to inside linebacker, bud. And you've got Reimer and Henrich, and they've got a lot of miles on them, but they are they are good vehicles, so to speak. They're really talented, and they performed and performed well, even despite some injuries. Who's that third inside backer uh, right now? Do you have a good feel for that? I know – that uh, we're all kind of waiting on one to emerge, but is there a leader in the clubhouse, or is that still up in the air for you? I don't think there's a leader, but I like that room. I, I think Barrett Root's got a good handle on that room and the development. And, you know, you have two stalwarts who are going to play a lot of football for you. you got to wrap them in bubble wrap because you need them every Saturday. Yeah. But I think they slowly have brought that room along. And that is a room, in terms of development, like Kapai out of Sioux Falls I like. I, I, I wish I would have seen more out of him in the spring. But he gave me enough to go, man, if he continues to get bigger, stronger, faster in the summer and develop and get into the playbook, 
he's got a good chance to play as that backup guy. But look at that room, the Snodgrasses, the Taggies, some guys that are, you know, forgotten about. All of a sudden they're emerging, and they're going to play some football. So I'm not concerned about inside linebacker. My only concern in that room would come if 28 and 42 aren't on the field. And that would be Reimer and Hyman Enrich. Gary Sharp with us. Sharpie Husker basketball. Jawan Gary does what for Fred? Well, he first of all, he gives him. I mean, it, this is this is the biggest development probably nobody has touched on except for myself. He gives that program a great last name. <laughs> of course, he does. <laughs> what he does, what he does, is he gives them Power Five experience. Now, I think they're going to ask for some energy. They're going to ask for him to help them on the defensive side of the foot, uh, the side of the uh, floor. I also think, you know, what's he going to give you offensively? He doesn't shoot it great, but it's somebody who I think is going to, you know, he's going to be a twenty-minute guy. Um, if he can get you six to seven a night get you seven rebounds as well, but play defense, then I think that's a win-win for Nebraska out of the portal. And you know what? If you look at if you think about this, that man's going to go pro. He just hasn't announced it yet. So that's going to that's gonna take one off your roster. Wait until Trey McGowan, who truly is 50-50. You know, Trey goes back and forth about coming back or, or going to play professional basketball. If you look at the addition so far for Nebraska, and that includes Derek Walker coming back, you know, it hasn't been a bad offseason for Nebraska basketball. That doesn't, that doesn't mean anything come in the fall, but it hasn't been like a complete departure of guys or, you know, oh, my, we lost Abdel Massey. What are we going to do? I think it's been an okay offseason for Hoiberg, but I like these two additions. Sam Griesel is a culture guy and a good basketball player, and I think Gary is a guy that in the Big Ten, he won't look out of place. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Gary Sharp is with us on Hail Varsity Radio and Gary, keeping with the basketball theme here, what are your thoughts on Trey McGowan's and the likelihood of him coming back to this program? Again, Cole, I think it's 50-50. I, I, I think in the situation, he's waiting, am I going to, do I want to make money to play basketball? Now he's going to the NBA, but he's got a shot to play maybe in Europe, maybe get on a G League roster? Or am I going to come back? And if I come back to Nebraska, what is my role? Will it be exactly the same? And what are the guys that are here? Is the team a good team? Do we all get along? And do we have a chance to win? And so he's weighing all those factors. And, and you know, Nebraska has, has given him a lot of space to decide what he's going to do. And I think we're getting close as school is starting to wind down. I think we're going to find out here pretty soon what Trey McGowan is going to do. But honestly, I think it's a toss-up right now if he goes pro or comes back. Now, if he comes back, that is a huge addition for Nebraska. Gary Sharp with his Sharpie will get you out here. Email question in from uh, Greg in Michigan. And uh, once your input, once our input on Nebraska's marrying of the offenses my cousin jeremy and and shava got married last night so let's keep with the wedding theme uh you have the whipple offense the frost offense uh 
can they be married together and combined to be really good? Well, I'm going to tell everyone this, and I firmly believe this. There is no Scott Frost offense. This is a Mark Whipple offense. Mark Whipple runs the offense. Scott Frost is not involved. So they can say, hey, we're trying to – the head coach can say we're trying to marry the offenses. That's not how I'm hearing it or understanding it. Mm-hmm. This is truly Mark Whipple's offense, and Frost can give some input, but they have overhauled basically the offense in the way that Whipple wants to play. And I don't think it's completely drastic, completely, you know, a drastic turn from what Nebraska was doing. The language is a little bit different, but this is – Scott Frost, this is not his offense. There is no merit. This is this is it. We're, we're starting to date this person in Mark Whipple. We'll just decide during the course of the upcoming fall if we're going to drop to a knee and ask ask him to marry us, and then that will be us and the offense coming together. So it is Whipple's call. That is good to know. Sharpie, enjoy your weekend, bud. Enjoy some baseball, and we'll uh, we'll talk next weekend. Thanks for a few minutes, as always. Hey, thanks, guys, and happy Earth Day to both of you because I know you celebrate in kind. We are we are all uh, we're all dirty hippies, you know that. Yes. Thanks, guys. See ya. There he is. Yeah, it is Earth Day, you know, and uh, just for that, we'll uh, we'll toast Mother Earth. You ever do an Earth Day celebration? I didn't think there like was a proper way to do that, so no. <laughs> You're like no, no. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't have a garden, and, and if you do, good. I I haven't planted flowers ever, but I do appreciate Mother Earth, just not today with 70-mile-per-hour winds. I quite frankly don't appreciate Mother Earth for the the, the month of April and most of March (laughs) in this state. Yeah, I mean, I think we uh, won't really appreciate Mother Earth for those dog days of July, too, when we start hitting triple digits here with some of that humidity, but, (laughs) you know, we can't have it all, right? Jeez. You, let me ask you this. You're a Chicago kid, and it's deemed the Windy City. Does it I mean, is it ever like this in oh, Chicago? No, absolutely no, not. no, it's not. No. I mean, there's wind, there's no mountains. You have the, the, the breeze off of Lake Michigan. Totally get it. It's, that, not, it's not even close. No, this is just garbage. <laughs> I mean, the breeze off of Lake Michigan feels it's nice. Pleasant. Over over the summer, it's not, in the winter. It's not no, it but slaps you. Yeah, but it, in the summer, it, it feels great. But it's not thirty plus miles an hour consistently, gusting to fifty five. Yeah, you know, you you send out the old group text. Hey, want to golf this weekend? Are you high? <laughs> no, because the <laughs> the wind is a thousand. I mean, miles that's one way hour. to respond to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had to clean it up for airplay. Well, so yeah. uh, we all we'll dive in. Next week on Hale Varsity, plenty of thoughts as the NFL draft looms. We'll dive in uh, with some NFL draft experts and for sure uh, circle uh, some of where where Nebraska's top prospects could land. Is that a second or third round slate for, for Cam Jurgens and Cam Taylor Britt? You know, where's JoJo find his way to? So that's... Um, that's likely. Uh, you know, last thought here, too, with, with Greg's email. Uh, you have coaches that were hired with the understanding that they're going to do their own thing. Yeah, you're the head coach, you're the CEO, and 
you're going to pay Whipple, what you're going to pay him, you're going to bring Riola in, and you're going to have Applewhite, okay? Those three are the voices. Those three are in conglomeration with the direction it's going to go. Here is Mark Whipple's vision. This is what he wants to do on offense. This is what he wants his quarterbacks to do. This is what he wants to do in his run game. This is what needs to happen between the offensive line and the running back room so you have an effective ground game and a balanced ground game uh, to go with that offense. And and no pun intended, you're going to whip it around too because you've got the, the skilled guys at wide receiver to do so. And uh, it's up to the offensive line to get up to speed and then get downhill and, and win some ball games uh, with the run game. And back to the, the initial point of concern on the defensive interior, best way to, to, to kind of tout your defensive line is to, to keep them on the sideline. Hold on to the football for about a six-minute drive at least once a quarter and, and end with touchdowns. Uh, that's the way it needs to, to play out for Nebraska. We'll talk to you Monday at 4 with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.